episode 254 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is your Tuesday edition, which features the Sunday edition hosts. I'm Paul Spohr, joined uh, as never on Mondays, because it's actually Monday night, by Jason <laughs> Collette. Jason, how's it going? Uh, it is, it's, uh, I don't know what state I'm in. I, I know this is my seventh state in the last 30 hours. I'm, I'm in Morgantown, West Virginia, but I started Sunday morning in Missouri, flew to Michigan, flew home to North Carolina, then had to connect through Georgia to get to Virginia, had to drive through Maryland to get to West Virginia tonight. So it is uh, seven states in 30 hours, which is why we had the hard stop on Sunday night and I couldn't record because I needed to get some actual sleep. I've been up since 3.30 Eastern uh, this morning and we're starting this at 10 o'clock. So it's been a a long run. Uh, I didn't get my weekend and... uh, yeah, I still feel like I could pitch a better game than Matt Moore right now, though. So, uh, God, stupid ass. Uh, but that—that's that—that's what's going on right now. But really, if you're in the Morgantown area, I have to give a plug out to Table Nine. It's along the waterfront in Morgantown. Some outstanding food, some really good local beer tonight, and that really gave me my second wind necessary so we could record tonight. Very nice. And like I mentioned, this is the, the Tuesday episode coming out on Monday evening. If you listen to the what was Monday episode, basically is the Sunday episode. Everything got twisted around, almost as confusing as Jason's travel schedule. But it's all ironed out now. And as Jason and I like to do sometimes when we don't have one central topic, is we're pretty good at just kind of going and, and talking about guys and, and just running around. So we're going to do that. And we're going to start with Ian Kinsler. Because he had a huge night. Uh, they ju- they just closed it out. The Tigers did 5-4 victory over the Mariners. And it's, it was Kinsler's doing, basically. Two for four with uh, two bombs, including the, the game winner off of Mark Lowe in the eighth. And so now, you know, we're seeing a little bit of a power spike from here. Obviously, two homers in one game gets, puts him up to five. But that almost doubles the season total. Th- that, yeah, that's that's the crazy part. That, that kind of tells you where he's been. But... You know, it seemed like he carried that zero for so long. I'm trying. I'm trying to even see because I feel like all five are within a pretty recent time period here. At least four of them are uh, within his last 20 games now, and so that's more, you know, in line with what you expect from somebody like Ian Kinsler with what he's done. Even though he's no longer the 30 homer guy that we saw a couple times back in his late 20s, he's still, you know, usually expected to hit teens now. We learned from you with your second half uh, work on projections and how and what guys actually reach that projecting him to get to the mid teens again is going to be a really tough feat because he's already hit two and he'd probably you know, that would mean he'd have to hit another 10, 10 more or so and that's going to be tough in this amount of time. But what do you think of Ian Kinsler? Is he now somebody that for the rest of the year is going to be somebody who would hit on a seventeen homer pace? No, I mean. It's really tough because you know you know the bat speed is the fact that he hasn't the power is just starting to show up. I really don't know what to chalk that up to. And if I go back and scan, I'm looking at his play over the last month, and you know if you include the two home runs tonight, that gives him a total of ten extra base hits over his last 110 plate appearances. So he's still not back to where he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he is what he is, and I really don't know what else. To, I, I think. Honestly, I'm more worried about him not reaching double-double on either stolen bases or home runs this year. 
that, that would be the first time in his career that he'd failed to do it in either category in the same season. He fell a home run short in 2010 uh, during his injury shortened season of being a double double digit uh, in home runs because uh, he's done it every other year of his career. But he's never failed to be uh, fewer than 10, uh, 15, uh, I'm sorry, 11 steals in his rookie year. But he's always stolen double digit bases. And you could make the case he may not do either this year. No, it, it, it's something that he's going to have to work to. I mean, he's going to have to play. Kinsler will have to be, you know, a pretty reasonable pace. One thing that I like um, that we're seeing with kind of in relation with this power spike is he's getting his loft back. The fly balls are there, 37% in April, 39% in May, 45% in June, and 42% so far in July before tonight. So definitely going to go up because you're already talking about a short sample. It could go up to 48%, to be honest. So, you know, he's, he's getting the loft back, and that was the big concern with Kinsler earlier was when he was toting, you know, a sub 40% fly ball rate and, you know, and having a zero homer to fly ball ratio, it was really nerve wracking. But uh, I actually do think he's going to be kind of the guy that we would have expected, maybe uh, the 2014 guy the rest of the way, which, you know, doesn't mean he has to do much with his batting average because he's hitting 275 and he hit 275 last year but it's going to be that power so i think that power will be there but uh, i doubt he's going to have some you know like i said 12 15 homer second half just because it's so exceedingly difficult as you outlined in that piece for rotowire indeed all right let's talk about uh somebody that you want to get uh some discussion around tyler saladino it's obviously a more of a deep league play but uh, playing for the White Sox right now, filling the third base uh, hole there. I don't know if he, does he play shortstop too? Yeah, he's played one game there, but obviously Alexi Ramirez. But he played, but he played shortstop almost exclusively in the minors. Okay, so they moved him over to third. Okay, yeah. So he, uh, you know, there's been some speculation that maybe Alexi Ramirez would get moved. I don't know who's buying him, but I, obviously if he did, then that one might actually guarantee Saladino's uh, playing time even more. But tell us about this guy. He's a seventh round pick, college guy. You know. Some decent numbers coming up, but being his age, he was always kind of at the appropriate level. So it wasn't special, especially when it wasn't going very well. In fact, only recently, I'd say 2014, 2015 in, in, in AAA, has he put up decent numbers from a uh, triple slash. But you have focused in on his speed. What do you see in there? Yeah, I, I picked him up in, in AL Tout Wars because I needed a middle infielder, and I'm still waiting for Jed Lowry to come back. And frankly, when he comes back, I don't know where he's going to play. Yeah, but no, he's, yeah, still better, yeah, he's still better than anything else I had. And I looked, and I've, I've seen Saladino play in Charlotte because it. You know, he plays for the White Sox, so I've seen him a few times. And he's been hitting well of late, but he had 25 stolen bases and 27 attempts down here in AAA and was 28 of 36 two seasons ago. Uh, so the, the stolen base, and he was 39 of 47 the season before that. So he, he's run in the past. And I was just looking for steals in middle infield. I was able to get him for uh, an uncontested bid. And while he's come up and he's hit right out of I mean, they called him up just before the break. He went 0 for 3 in his first game, but he's now on a six-game hitting streak since. Uh, and he's got two multi-hit games in it. He has attempted a stolen base and got caught. Uh, but he does have a home run. He had a solo shot the other day. So, And they're playing him at third base. And as you said, they gave him a little bit of time at shortstop. But he was hitting down in the minor leagues before his promotion. If I call up, uh, look at his line, he was starting to hit the ball really well over his last, 
uh, 20 games, he hit 282, 352, 462 okay, uh, with nice. six extra base hits, with six extra base hits and 10 for 10 in the stolen base department. So he was doing a lot of running down the, in the minor leagues. Maybe he gets a chance to do some of that in the major leagues. But that's a guy, when I was looking at the minors, we've already had all of our big guys called up for the most part. I mean, there, there's still maybe some others trickling up. I'm sure you guys talked about Aaron Nola making his, his uh, yeah. Debut uh, for the Phillies tomorrow. Oh, we, but we, did, we didn't wise. hit on that uh, specifically. Okay. We talked about him a little while ago. But yeah, there's not a ton coming up for position no. wise either. So I was just looking at you know, counting category, counting categories. Where can I go find speed? And I was looking at AL, and if you're in AL league, you're looking for speed. This may be your best bet because there's Saladino. nothing, there's yeah. nothing else coming up. Tyler Saladino. Um, the the beauty is if he does qualify at shortstop, if if, if they pull in his minor league you know, expectation. It was, it was shortstop, like you mentioned. So if, if he's qualifying there in leagues, that, that helps because you just, he didn't tell worse. He didn't tell because, uh, yeah, he, had, he was called up. I, I bid on him and cause he had played his minor league record. He had played 34 games at shortstop this year and like one at DA. I mean, it, what was the 34 games at shortstop, uh, two at third base, one at second, one at first, and 14 is the DH. Okay. And, and that's where he had played. And there were, when we had talked about Carlos Sanchez, you know, Michael, Michael Johnson sucked early on. He got yeah. sent down. He's running down there too, uh, but defensively it's still a problem. And then Carlos Sanchez has sucked, and then everything else they've had has sucked. So I just looked at it and figured, okay, if my if they thought Micah Johnson could come up and if he was ready defensively, they would have called him up by now because the, the the second base and the infield production has been killing this team. It really and has. It, and, and so I kept looking. I kept trying to trade for Micah Johnson because I kept looking for speed. And I said, fine. If Lars not going to trade me Micah Johnson, I'm just going to go pick up Saladino because Saladino's running. I had gone to a few nights games. I kept seeing this guy steal bases. I'm like, well, if he, I'm going to throw a name in him. And then he ended up getting the call up, and so it, it could work out. But that's really. What I was looking at is just okay. Speed wise, there's there's no huge impact guy. If somebody's coming up, it may be in September, but but then it's too damn late. It usually, yeah, exactly. You'd have to have it kind of break right for you. And, and like you're saying, Tyler Saladino, Tyler Saladino is somebody who's playing right now and should start running more. As you know, I don't know how many opportunities he's had. You know, he's 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 eight for twenty six. Uh, one was a triple. One was a homer. So obviously no steal attempts there. So he got six hits. How many of them was he even had a chance? He did get caught in his only attempt so far, but Saladino, deep league play. I, I like where your head's at there. We got to shift over here and talk again because, uh, you know, me, you, Andy, you know, we've been talking about, about him here and there throughout the year, but another four for four night for Justin Turner. This is so insane. <laughs> like I, I, I gotta keep bringing him up because every time I gotta take the temperature again and figure out. I mean, this dude's hitting fourth for the freaking Dodgers, and he's got numbers befitting of a cleanup hitter. Three twenty three, three eighty nine, five forty five is the triple slash for Justin freaking Turner. I mean, this guy is a beast. I mean, what level of player is he now? Is this is this a single digit round player? I mean, he's thirty, so it's so hard to. Let's not even focus on next year. Let's just say if we had a draft right now for, you know, the rest of the year, what kind of round player would would Justin Turner be in that theoretical, very crappy two month league? He has to be a high one. I mean, it, it, batting average league there, OBP league even better. It, he's driving. He's driving in runs. He's hitting for power. The only thing he doesn't do is steal bases. That's yeah. that's the only. He's a he's a four category guy. Maybe three and a half the runs score because of where he, he doesn't get enough playing time to get the runs. Three and a half category, but a solid three and a half category player. 
and 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 I believe qualifies at shortstop in a lot of formats. Yeah, he had 15 games there last year, so that should be good for a lot of leagues. Only has one game there this year, but even third base. Uh, he may have first. He may have first base qualifying. It gets one more. Oh, yeah, he'll be right. ten games. He'll have ten games there. And the, and the thing is, again, the, his triple slash is is actually befitting of a first baseman at the very least, an excellent corner infielder in a, in a mixed league where obviously you've already got studs and he he was basically a free pickup. So yeah, just just more hats off to Justin Turner. He's great. Everyone collectively kick yourselves because we all passed on him in multiple leagues for weeks because we didn't want to believe it and we're like nah it's not gonna last not gonna last it's so crazy though because i i think it's all age related right jason because if if what he did last year was at age 26 he would have been what a seventh round pick this year if justin turner's numbers the the 157 WRC plus and 322 plate appearances. I think that's enough from a 26 year old to make the uh, uh, fantasy world overdraft somebody like that. If, if he'd been 26, but since Justin Turner was 29, he, he never got a sniff. Cause obviously there's no, where, where was he going to play? Precisely. And, and there was still some talk about where is he going to play? Everybody's always worried about what the Dodgers are going to do next, what the Dodgers are going to do next. Meanwhile, the dude continues to rake. He just keeps playing and raking. Exactly. He's he's not concerned. Uh, everyone else is concerned about the lineup. He's like, I'm going to be penciled in. You can put me in ink because I got a 152 OPS plus before his four for four night uh, right now. It's been ridiculous. Brandon Beachy pitched in that game. And, you know, I got him in Matt Moore territory, uh, not even checking in on him until next year. Like I got I, obviously with Beachy, it's it's a it's a bigger hill to climb because this is double Tommy John for him. But, you know, with Matt Moore, it's the first Tommy John. But the last thing to come back is command and control. And he didn't have it to begin with. So precisely just precisely. not even looking at them at all until 2016. I couldn't even care less what they do. Uh, you know, another tough outing. I think it's only a second one, but he, he was no good. Uh, four innings, five hits, four runs, three walks, three strikeouts. I mean, that's you know, he's got to work his way back. I get it. But how long are they going to stick with him? With given the fact that they're contending, they're going to go out and get they'll get Kyle Loesch to replace him and at least get more capable innings. I mean, I think we were I think we said this about more about the fact Definitely. that people were like was well, but I'm like don't even I don't even want anything to do with him. It, like I said, he didn't have command before he hit the disabled list. You could say okay, maybe that's because his elbow was about to go, but whatever. He's he's command's always been his issue. And you watch him pitch right now, and basically the catcher's just setting up over the heart of the plate saying, please throw it here, please throw it here. And, and that's it, – it's unwatchable baseball uh, for me. But that's – it just – any of these guys that come back off injury, we've I think I've said it repeatedly. I want nothing to do with them the year they come back. Absolutely nothing. I mean, Jose Fernandez – special, you know, different aside, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to pay Jose Fernandez prices. No, I, I, People I didn't were paying, They were paying pretty big dollars for him going in. I think he's going $12, $13, and you knew he was going to miss the first two plus months of the season. And you had no idea he was going to come, how he was going to come back. Everyone has been heartened by what we've seen from Harvey, but then, you know, turn around tonight, another, another kind of clunker type. And it's looking like Matt Harvey is, is perfectly playing out on the, on the uh, Adam Wainwright sort of train. And, you know, his ERA isn't, isn't quite that high yet. You know, I think Wainwright had like a 394. But, um, you know, 
Wainwright was mostly excellent in his return from Tommy John. He just had a handful of clunkers that really sent his ERA skyrocketing. And we see tonight from from Harvey another, you know, kind of weak outing, especially against the expectations of what he's supposed to do. In fact, actually, uh, seven innings, five hits, five runs, four earned, four walks. That's where that's where it usually comes too. We've seen these big walk games from him. Uh, I, I I wouldn't want Harvey right now for the rest of the year in a redraft league. I, I don't think you can sell him after this start. You look like you're, you're, you're jumping out of a, a crashing plane, but I would have been trying to sell him at a peak at some time in June because it's just, I, I don't think he's going to get through unscathed the way everyone kind of thought he would. What do you think of Harvey right now? From what I, I didn't see this start, but from what I understand, it was the first couple of innings is where they, he settled down after a rocky start uh, okay. for him. From, from, that's what I remember seeing on Twitter. Somebody said, yeah, there was like he really got. I was complaining about how Matt Moore was pitching, and somebody was like, "Whatever, he's still not as bad as Matt Harvey is tonight." <laughs> uh, so I think I don't know if that was uh, early. You know, it's five runs in the first three innings, but apparently he quote unquote settled down after that. And this is, and honestly, this is a lineup that we saw, you know, just get utterly dominated by Kershaw just a couple of starts ago. Yeah, exactly. So you know, they're 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 not a bad lineup, but they're susceptible. The, the, the but, Nats but he did. Be tamed. He continued. He does continue to dominate Bryce Harper. Everybody else got to him tonight. Espinosa got two hits. Robin Clinton Robinson got two hits. Desmond. Ian Desmond woke up from the dead and had two hits. Hit a bomb off a Torres run. though. That off was Alex Torres. That right. was off Alex Torres. Yeah. Um, Desmond man got his average up to two oh eight. That's so Woo. bad. That's so bad. I'm. I don't know. I still. Th- I still think that. If I'm taking gambles, I, I would take a gamble on him at shortstop. I think actually he'll be kind of decent the rest of the way. Uh, but, man, what a terrible year. And, and that's his walk year, too. Everyone everyone talks about contract year for guys. Ian Desmond did not play out the, uh, the normal walk year routine. Uh, I want to shift over to the Reds because they could be, obviously be big sellers. Now there's a lot of talk swirling around them. Uh, I think two guys that uh, – they had three guys hit bombs tonight, Todd Frazier, Marlon Byrd, and Jay Bruce. The last two of those c- could be moved. Um, I think we should assume that, that Bird will be. I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, that seems to be what teams do is get him and keep him for a little while and then, and then trade him. Uh, he's been traded, what, each of the last three seasons, I believe. But do you think they move somebody like Jay Bruce? They should. I mean, they were talking about this on, on Sirius XM today when I was uh, driving from D.C. area out here to Morgantown. And um, uh, what's his face? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Jim Bowden was saying, yeah, he would. He was making the case to move just about all of them. He said probably the toughest one's going to be Brandon Phillips because of the $25 million due to him Definitely. Uh, along those lines. But honestly, that's something where you pair them up. You, you pair them up and, and say – Hey, you want Cueto? You have to take on Phillips and just give us a B prospect back. I got that kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think that is the route that they they would have to take to get rid of somebody like like Phillips. It could be interesting. They could really burn it down. They have a lot of a lot of pieces that would be desirable. I think that they could really rebuild nicely if you did get somebody to take take Phillips with a uh, with a Cueto type. Then you got Leak, trade Chapman. I mean, I know he's electric and amazing, but bad team just doesn't need a closer even if he's a draw at the, at the ticket box and then you got bruce bird can't trade frazier that obviously won't happen and of course they're not going to trade uh Votto, but you know maybe they trade brian pena backup catcher everyone seems to love those so we'll see what the reds do i, I actually think that bruce will get dealt i think i think it could be a nice piece for them to deal and nothing that would hurt so bad 
even if he continues to be, you know, high quality Jay Bruce, which is what he's been. All right, Jason, let's move over to your race. I know that you didn't want to talk about them because of the the night terrors that they cause, but uh, I won't make you talk about Matt Moore. I'm curious as to what the status. So Sousa is coming off the disabled list uh, now, tomorrow. So he's going to be back in the lineup tomorrow. The Rays, in their infinite wisdom, have sent down Grady Sizemore because he has options and they want him to get everyday playing time and have left up the hot mess that is Joey Butler. Joey Butler has a 361 OPS. I didn't say OBP. I said OPS. Oh, my God. Um, since his last uh, three-hit game where everybody was wondering, hey, hey is Joey Butler for real? Who could no. have figured that? Oh, he wasn't. Who could, it's, it's like Nick Martinez's ERA doubling in the last month and a half. Right. Who saw that coming? Just about anyone with a brain uh, that was looking easy. at it, that were looking at advanced stats. It was pretty easy to see Joey Butler was going to fall apart with two walks and 80 million strikeouts. <laughs> and that it, he wasn't going to continue to hit, but hey, it made for good narrative in the local stories. Uh, but no, this is uh, so Seuss is coming back. Butler goes to the bench. I guess he'll be a, a pinch pinch hitter that could come in and strike out because he was sure doing a lot of that um, as an everyday player. No, I'm not better at all. But then again. And Sousa strikes out a ton too, That's especially he still he still leads the league by at least ten, I believe, and called strike threes. <laughs> um, and then, oh by the way, Arcakis now has a home run on the season. I know that's a bummer. He has one. He finally hit one. So that's there's a, one home run for him. That uh, but cool... that's that's where the Rays are with everything. Uh, if you haven't read the awesome piece by Ben Lindbergh on on uh, the funeral that is Evan Longoria's power, please read that. It was on <sighs> Greatland. Uh, it's it's something that Tommy Ransel and I talked about the process report last year uh, quite a bit. That especially that uh, he is—I don't know if it's a bat speed thing. He's just—he's losing it, and he is not. He used to crush things on the inner half, and now nope. His ISO on impact, on pitches on the inner half is almost half of what it was two years ago. Dang, half. that's really unfortunate. Like that's that's a bummer because Evan Longoria is awesome, and I was hoping he'd be like a. I mean, I still am hoping he'd be like a. 15, 20 year superstar. You know, still fun to watch on defense, but that, I mean, that swing is not the same guy. It's it's not. I mean, that pop four four oh six, and like you said last year, it was prominent. How many? How long did we say? Just give him one hundred and sixty two games, and could you even imagine what we would get? And we got that first one, thirty two bombs in the one hundred and sixty games, and that was twenty thirteen. Then twenty fourteen plays one hundred and sixty two games, has a four oh four slug. For 22 bombs, and this yep. year it's at 406 for Longoria. It's just, oh, it's it's not good. By the way, going back to Butler quickly, last 52 plate appearances. Guess his strikeout percentage. Well, it's something like 20, 21 strikeouts and 55 plate appearances. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 22 and 52. So it's uh, what was that? 43 percent, 44 percent rate. Uh, that's not good. That's not that's good. That's not bias, but that's he doesn't a, have exactly. bias power. Exactly, doesn't have the uh, the upside there. I want I want to ask you about uh, Brandon Geyer. Is he any good? What's, what's the deal with him? His numbers always seem to look pretty good. He's a little, he's a little punchless, but kind of does everything else. He got, his ten, he got his ten stolen base tonight. Uh, yeah. So he's got, he's he can run. He's got the athleticism. He just doesn't hit righties that well. But uh, Frank, in all honesty, I don't think he's he's been given the choice. Yeah, like they've been wasting these at bats on Joey Butler. Personally, I would be giving him to Brandon Geyer because Brandon Geyer is a better defensive player, and these are the at bats that the Brandon Geyer should be getting. Why are you wasting like on Joey Butler? I, mean, I don't know. If, he looks like a player. He's I mean, not, yeah. Even if he's a, even if he's a short side platoon guy at this point, whatever. 
but let him, give, let him be. I, I don't think he's ever got a fair just fair swing. They've given these at bats to you know to Grady Sizemore. They've given these at bats to Joey Butler. Meanwhile, Brandon Guyler's sitting there just holding the bat on the bench. So going, yeah. hey guys, what's up? You know, over uh, the last two years, uh, he's got 506 plate appearances of 105 OPS plus. I mean. A tick above average, pretty good. And then the defense is there too, and he does the the on base and batting average piece uh, with the defense. It's kind of like a uh, David DeJesus Jr. starter kit there, but I guess on the other side of the plate. So I guess they're some of that. Partners. And some of that is because he's been platooned uh, yeah. strategically, so he's been set up for success and that he's facing a lot of lefties. That's true. Uh, but still, I, I would I would like to see him. You know, going forward, I would like to see him in that lineup a lot more than any of the other guys. I don't know if you I, – I doubt you caught in this game. You, you were working, and I actually didn't either. Uh, the, the early game between the Angels and the Red Sox, Eduardo, what the heck, man. An inning and two-thirds, six hits, seven earned, three walks, zero strikeouts, two homers. you think he just got off his rhythm because of the, the rainout? Could it be that simple? We've seen we, – I know we talked about this last year with a couple Kluber. of dudes. Kluber. He was one, but there was somebody early. else. There was somebody else too that was having issues with rainouts and then coming back off off weird schedules and then getting bombed out of it. I think there's something to it. I really do. Like, there's no way that the guy that we we've been seeing Eduardo Rodriguez be the only time he was bad. Maybe he fell back into that lull of the pitch tipping that they kind of highlighted. Maybe he got lazy because of the the day threw him off or whatever. I don't know. But uh, you know, I just when I watch this guy pitch, I see some pretty electric stuff. Very regularly, he has, he has a couple other bomb outings, but not this bad. This just seems like I don't know. You know, stayed up too late and and you know wasn't ready to adjust to to going in the middle of the day. Then uh, who knows? But it it did not go well. It's very disheartening though because it it pisses away like three great great starts just in one fell swoop right there. You know. Yeah, but I mean that, that's the whole thing with Boston. I think they've scored one run. One run since the All-Star break. One. Oh, my God. They were shut out, shut out, rained out, scored one, and they're being shut out again tonight. Yeah. Speaking of who they they weren't shut out by earlier, the the one run that they got was off of Hector Santiago, but he still pitched well. Five five innings, eight hits, one run, one walk, ten strikeouts. This kind of keeps going. And and here's here's your news. Here's your news. If it's a left-handed starting pitcher facing Boston – Stack away. If you're a daily gotcha. fantasy guy, gotcha. stack away. They just, don't hit lefties. Just load, just load them up. Okay. Noted. Yeah, but Hector Santiago continues to pitch well. You know who doesn't continue to pitch well? Uh, Jason is is Yardano Ventura. Um, really rough tonight, but just hasn't been good for a while. Where are you at, generally speaking, with him? But whether we're talking short term or 2016, like are, are you still excited about the prospects here? I mean, we're talking about a 24 year old. Growth isn't always linear, so he doesn't. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to throw him out uh, after after a bad year, just off the good year. This happens sometimes. But are you still? Is this still someone that has you uh, interested long term? Yordano Ventura. No, I, I think I. I, I... I wish we had an easier way of tracking this. I want to say before the season, I said I have I wanted more to do with Danny Salazar than I wanted to do with Jordano Ventura this year at okay. the prices they were going for. I, and I, so I far, I am that. completely justified in that statement. Of course, of course, because yeah, now, especially the the last part there that you said, the prices that they're going for, because Ventura had a tax on him for sure, and Salazar had burned folks last year, so he was in that post hype category pretty quickly. Doesn't take oh, long. And how about our boy AJ Burnett is going to get the should get the win in this game? Loving it, 
loving it. I mean, what, it wasn't, we paid one stinking. No, we picked him up at the reserves, didn't we? Oh yeah, he's been amazing. He's just ridiculous. AJ Burnett closing with a huge year. Oh, did you see Chris Medlin came in in relief for that game? Three innings, two runs, two hits, four strikeouts. That's not that's not too bad. And zero injuries? Not bad. And zero walks, zero injuries? Yeah, we'll see. And a home Eight. run to Travis Ishikawa. <laughs> oh, wait, never that, that negates the whole thing. Never mind. Forget forget everything <laughs> I said on that Chris Medlin thing, guys. Sorry. I'm not going to edit it out, but just forget what I said. It doesn't count anymore. Anyway, Burnett, again, you know, not at his best tonight. This is a tough team. This this KC team is is back hitting again, by the way. They've gone Terrible through. matchup for him. Too much too much they, he's a strikeout pitcher against and a team that contact makes a ton of contact. So yeah, he had he had he had to get the run support and just kind of make it stick and, and he did barely, you know, kind of if you want to get a pitch to the score kind of game, that that's probably what this was. He was just knowing don't get beat with the long ball or something. Oh my god. Dude, I didn't realize Sal Perez's OP, OBP is 267. Yeah. What's up with this guy? This guy, by the way, remember how he was And he's going to he's going to end up he's going to be he's 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 on a Mike Zunino season, but he's hitting. He's still hitting for average. Yeah, it's weird. He's got a 254 average with 15 home runs, and he's got a 267 OBP. That's really scary. It's and and he stopped being effective against lefties. And the thing was is that he was probably too young to have owned that split in the first place for Sal Perez. You know, he had those good years against them, but they. It, well, they weren't even full seasons. His first year, 2011, it was 35 plate appearances, then 87. The really only full year of high-quality work against lefties was 146 plate appearances in 2013, and that was only an 867 OPS. That's not like a lefty destroyer. It's just uh, pretty good. But then 632 last year and 558 this year for Sal Perez against lefties. That's where it's come. He's tanked against left-handed pitchers where it used to be a strength for him. What do you think that is with somebody who showed a proficiency – albeit for not a bankable enough sample to call it a skill. But but generally, you would think he'd be better against the platoon split just naturally. What do you think it is with Sal Perez? A- anything that you see? It could be a single-season fluke. I honestly haven't seen enough of his at-bats to, to okay. think anything of it. I mean, we've seen single-season flukes of guys that usually mash lefties. Like Ryan uh, – not Ryan. Who am I thinking of? The guy of the Indians. No, uh, Rayburn. You're right. You're, Rayburn. You're right. Ryan. Yeah, I, was Rayburn. Saying, I always want to say Ryan Roberts. But Ryan Rayburn guy that was a lefty masher and then last year couldn't hit anything and then That's this true. year he's back to hitting right lefties back to it. yeah yeah, you know? yeah so sometimes he's got these things flip around on you and you're like oh and then aj burnett just gave up a home run to uh mike bustakis oh, uh, right. so I, I said eight to five don't let the long ball beat you and and Last couple of innings, Homer to Morales, Homer to Mustakis. That's the one thing that he should have done. Let them hit their ground ball singles or, or attempted singles. Just don't get beat by the long ball, AJ. Come on, man. Um, I had another guy on that team I wanted to talk about. I can't remember who it was. Oh, uh, Alex Rios is kind of hitting a little bit of late. He was one for three today, stole his seventh base. Him and uh, Gerard Dyson I want to talk about. That, do you see them both as, as usable mixed league speed assets? Yes. Board now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Especially since I cut Gerard Dyson and Tout Wars uh, six right weeks before, ago or seven weeks right, ago, yeah, right before he blew up. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> where does what are you going to do? Where does Paulo Orlando fit into that mix for you? He's actually shown some weird power with all those triples, but also four bombs. Uh, yeah, I picked has, him back up. 
He he doesn't really run as much, or he hasn't, I should say, no. um, in the majors. But he's shown it. He's shown proficiency in the minors. He does have 206 minor league stolen bases uh, over his 1,049 minor league games. He's a journeyman for sure. But um, so do you 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 think Rios and and Dyson are safe and Orlando's now the fourth outfielder as opposed yes. to the fifth outfielder? Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, how would you prioritize those two between Dyson and Rios? Dyson with the guy that runs. Yeah, he runs a lot more. I mean, he it's right there, double. Uh, he got his 14th stolen base tonight with a, with a pair, and Rios got his 7th. I know Rios missed some time, but I think Rios can give you a little punch if you're looking for more of just an offensive boost. I know we haven't seen a lot of punch out of Rios lately, lately meaning the last uh, year plus, because all of last year he was he was pretty terrible. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong then because that, that, that is a full year now. Uh, of no power from Alex Rios. Yeah, forget that piece. I, I think maybe just a tiny bit, but the the speed's all you're going to really get from him. And Rios is coming back from a wrist injury, correct? Yes, I believe or that is. Am I confusing injuries? I believe that. Well, he gets hurt so often. I'll, I'll look it up while we keep talking here. But, um, yeah, I think that is what he's coming back from. And I believe that he's broken his wrist before. Hand. 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 Okay, yeah. Fractured left hand. So, I mean – what was his excuse last year, though? Because he had... Age? Yeah, I mean, he was in Texas, and we know that Texas is no longer the launching pad that it used to be, but it's certainly not a home-run suppressing park. And he goes there and hits four in a relatively full season, 521 plate appearances. So that was weird from Rios. But I do think he'll at least run, and he's been pretty consistent there. Uh, 17 last year, no fewer than 11 in any season. I think he should get there again this year with with no problems. But uh, Alex Rios, you know, a guy who's available in a lot of leagues. So if you do need that speed asset, it's been kind of a weird shift this year, Jason, where speed's a little, a little bit less available than home runs are on the waiver wire. I've, I've been noticing. I've always kind of thought it was the other way around, um, or at least it seemed to be. But this year, I've been looking and. There's not as much not not as much speed out there. So if you do need somebody, trust who can me, run, I've been hurting and I've been looking all over for it and I can't find any. Yeah, so it's not just anecdotal. I think it's playing out in practice that we're seeing that the speed just isn't there. It's it's you know so confined into concentrated into certain guys that the overall speed you know might look like like it should be out there, but it's just not. There are not running guys because guys like Dyson are getting picked up. You know, Dyson is a guy who's on and off the wire all year in a mixed league usually, but with Gordon Hurt in that full-time playing time, he snapped up. So that's that's tough. All right, did Burnett give up any more homers? No? No? I just forgot to look. Just 11 hits so far? Okay. Yeah, let's talk about this uh, Boston game here because it's going to be an interesting one tonight. I'm interested to see how Andrew Heaney does against Boston. He's been pitching very well. I don't know if you and I have, have spoken about him or not, but but even if we have, I feel like some time has probably passed between starts. Again, I know we're still dealing with small samples on him, 27 innings, which is almost equal to what he had last year, 29 innings, so he's awful for those 29. we got 27 great ones. Easy to say he's probably somewhere in between, but but where do you think Andrew Heaney is right now, this left-hander? Obviously, you just mentioned it, Boston against the lefty. It's gonna, they're going to have a tough time, but overall, where do you think Heaney's at? I've liked when I've seen him pitch live. I've liked what I've seen. Uh, I have not seen him pitch this year. What I've seen him pitch is, is you know, from – uh, previous seasons, I, I admit I have not seen him pitch yet this season. Uh, so, but I liked. I remember watching him pitch, saying, "You know what? This looks pretty good. I like what I've seen uh, with him." So, 
tonight, I really don't know what you could say about it because it should be a good outing for him again because it's a lefty facing Boston, so it should look good for him. But yeah. you know, you look at the numbers so far this year, he's not hurting himself with the walk, and he's keeping the ball in the park. And that's really all you can ask for. And this team is playing well at a time they need it to. So he's getting the run support uh, from the team. And maybe they become buyers to get some more offense. But when I'm looking at uh, fewer hits and innings pitched, no walks, good strikeouts, keeping the ball in the park, there's nothing to criticize here. David Peralta for Arizona just just uh, knocked in a two-run single. He's been really good this year. His triple slash right now for David Peralta, 277, 351, 506. That's a, that's a great line. Um, we know that he's a, more of a strong side platoon guy, doesn't hit lefties well, but this is an independent league guy who I still think is pretty low on the radar. He used to be a pitcher. He did? I See, I didn't yeah. even know that. I, that's He's very low on the radar. Um, yeah, I'm seeing it now. So he, oh, wow, Rio Grande Valley, that's that's where my parents live. Uh, and he, he was pitching down there back in 2011 for a, a single inning. I wonder, oh, and then he did hit for them. He killed it. Sweet. Nice work, dude. I wonder if my dad watched him. He goes around and watches that independent ball all the time. But anyway, I got off track because David Peralta, his independent league numbers are even better than his major league ones. But he's actually hitting. I mean, he's 27. So, you know, this is total late bloomer. But now we're dealing with 634 plate appearances if you add up uh, his his two half seasons here of a 120 OPS. That, you know, OPS plus, excuse me, a 120 OPS would never be good. Uh, but a 120 OPS plus with 17 homers and 10 stolen bases. That's a that's a damn fine line. What do you make of David Peralta? We we took him in Tout Wars and, and uh, not Tout Wars but uh, Labor didn't we take him in Labor in the reserve rounds we were looking at I'm almost certain we took him I know we looked at him I don't know saying, we would have cut him then that would have been a bad move what, yeah if, so we let's would, not we talk about cut him if we early. did that so let's not talk <laughs> but about I'm almost almost positive we took him. I'm almost positive we took him uh, when we looked at it and said, hey, let's look. Because we, we, we're talking about the skills and saying, you know what? Yeah, the skills are there. We like these skills. Let's go ahead. Let's make a run at it. And then we end up cutting him. So uh, that's really all I have to say about that. I, I remember liking the skills coming out. I remember having the discussion saying, who do we like here? Let's look at it. And we're like, well, David Perlman, we don't know if he's going to play, but these skills should win out. Let's go ahead and do it. And then we didn't listen to our own advice. Again, we need to record ourselves and just play, them, and play, it, play it over and over again. <laughs> our boy Melky's getting going, though, right? Uh, Finally. A little bit. So, obviously, he's burned us. And and, and now, you know, if he if he bounces back next year, if he, let's just say he, do, he doesn't get much better this year for Melky Cabrera and then bounces back next year, then he's going to have a real on-again, off-again sort of pattern going. It'll be uh, 2012 great. 2013 terrible 2014 great 2015 terrible 2016 great that that would be really frustrating i just hope he can i just hope melky keeps turning it around in this season and can still do some things because man i had really high hopes for him I, we were we were sold on him you know who else though melky and and gardner were like our two middle round infield guys and i already gave you your props for him but gardner has just been so good that i feel like you deserve a few more props for that because that was he wasn't ranked high enough he wasn't ranked high enough in the midseason rankings i was expecting him to be one or two and the fact that he's like i thought you'd be angry oh i i I told i i emailed out you can ask the guys i said colette's gonna see this and probably (laughs) threaten physical violence on somebody guys we gotta (laughs) clean the gotta clean this up it's gonna be bad you know I wasn't even high guy on him, which was disappointing, but that that's Dan Schwartz at, at 13. That's a nice ranking. It really is. My only concern, the only reason I couldn't get him higher than 17 was injury. That's it. 
That's the only. That's I don't. I don't 19, question. Oh yeah, he's not. Yeah, you have my he's 17, 19 overall. Yeah, 19 overall. Jeff Zimmerman, dead 20, to me. On your dead shit to me. list. Yep. DTM. Dude. DTM. Sorry, Jeff. I told you there'd be repercussions for your actions. And he has El- sir. he has Ellsbury seven. Definitely DTM. I might he have had Els- to He had to confuse the two white guys. I mean, one oh. has hair, one doesn't. He had to confuse the two. Hey, um, Schwartz and I both. Actually, everybody but Jeff has Gardner ahead of Ellsbury. So you've reached the three of your disciples, and now you know who to cut, Master. So, you know, I, I'm expecting you to, to cut the dead weight. We've all followed your Gardner uh, high praise, and it, it's panning out, though. He's having a huge— hey, look at you being—look at you being out there on 100 pence. How did I get out there? Why is he so low on No, I'm just comparing everyone. Compared to everyone. I, yeah, I no, I know. What did you think of my Stony Marte there? That's that. That's the that one. I, I just have, I was just scrolling, looking for low numbers compared to everyone else's high numbers. Uh, look at that, that. That one goes the other way. That's my my singular high number compared to three single digit guys. Wow. So, I guess I'll explain it then because I, I know it stands out, but I actually feel like the other three guys should probably have to answer for why he's so high. Stony Marte ended up six on our on our outfield projections uh, or rankings. Excuse me. Zach had him fourth, as did Dan, and Zimmerman had him ninth. I had him twentieth. My my question is. The only thing that's different from last year, or not my question, my, my, my point, is that the only thing that's different from last year is the power with this guy, with Stony Marte. He's already got 13 homers, which is as many as he had last year, but he's got a 28% homer to fly ball rate and a 20% fly ball rate. And just to keep it going, he's only hitting the ball 28% hard rate and 23% soft rate. So I know it's just a bunch of percentages, but they all sounded low except for one, right? The very first one, 28% homer to fly ball ratio, way too high. And then the other three are too low to sustain it. If he was crushing the ball, you know, if he, if he turned his fly ball rate up to like 38% and his hard percentage was at 38% as well or something, then I could get behind an exorbitant homer to fly ball ratio. But nothing is suggesting that there was, there's been a skill change here. He's still a fantastic player. That's why, you know, top 20 outfielder, I think is perfectly legitimate, but am I crazy here for not thinking that the power is going to last? I feel like he's going to be punchless by comparison uh, in the second half, by comparison to his first half self. No, I I don't think you've made a, a convincing argument. I don't think you're crazy on that at all. Um, Wait, you, don't, I mean, you I, don't think I've made a convincing argument, or you do? No, no, I do. I don't okay. think you're crazy at all. I think you, you've you've made your case. And I'm looking, and the other thing I'm looking at is the disparity. This is disparity. The disparity. It's been a long day. Disparity between the Alex Gordon's high and low number. Okay, so I I think that one there has to be something behind that because uh, I didn't even rank him. I mean, I put him last. One 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 twentieth. He's gonna come back. These with, are just like, these, these are just left? rest. These are just rest of season rankings, correct? Rest of correct? season, yes. Uh, no, I was confused yeah. by those two. Uh, Jeff had him as high as – or Dan had him 34th. 34th. Does he know something that we don't? I might have to check in with him on that one. That one seemed to, to have a missing bit of info put into the algorithm uh, about the injury because I'm not expecting – this is why – and this is why I hate rankings. <laughs> this is why I said, no, I don't want a part of this project. Oh, yeah. Because you look at – it's like, no, I, I hate this because – you know, I know everybody puts their work into them, but then you then you st- you're all you're always doing your own thing in a bucket, and then you get stuck. You're thinking, okay, 
what maybe maybe he's gonna maybe Gordon's coming back quicker than than we think he's going to. But then you you're you're stacked up against someone else. It's like wait a second, why do you have yours forty higher than the other guy? Yeah. Then you're like oh wow. Um, you have, you should be able to explain your picks, and I'm all for that. I mean, it's some other guys, you know, like everybody seems to be on the same page with Torrey Hunter. Um, you know, there's some discrepancy on cargo for, you know, from 18 at high of 44 at low. Yeah. Um, everybody's pretty much on the same page with Brandon Belt with you, surprise, being the high guy. Um, <laughs> on, on Brandon Belt. Crazy. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, but, yeah, so you can see some of those guys and then other ones, you're like, you know, Alex Guerrero. I think that goes back to the, the whole Justin Turner thing. One of the other names everyone thought, and then I thought know. so too. Yeah, so that's why I always hate ranking projects. No, I, crazy. I, I I don't blame you. It, it, it's it's not an easy thing, and you know I'm 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 happy to be able to do it for a living. But rankings are freaking tough in season two because you don't want to overweigh, uh, you know what you've seen. You don't want you don't want to put too much weight behind it and and say that it's now exactly what they are, but then you don't want to ignore it. I you know I I. I I can't get behind just basically ignoring it. Like when I know some of the projection systems will just kind of keep a guy where he's at, you know, because it doesn't matter what happened in these 200, 300 plate appearances. But for me, when you're seeing skills changes, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make the move. So I don't know. It's tough, but we still have starting pitchers and then relief pitchers. Jesus, and eight to seven be... now. No way. Are you serious? The game's eight to seven. Yes. I spoke too quick of my praise for Mr. Burnett. He gave up the sixth run, but then it was Bastardo, or maybe Bastardo technically gave up both. Who knows? I, I don't know. I, was it independent? Oh, no. Sorry. 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 Sixth inning ended. Those were all six Burnett's runs. I, I remove my kudos from you, Mr. Burnett. You did not pitch very well tonight. Uh, I guess you did pitch the score as much as you could. He tried to give up just exactly as many runs as he could. Uh, while still maintaining a potential victory, we'll see if it comes through, Jason. I don't think I, I'm I'm scared now because now that you're into the bullpen late, you got to figure uh, Pittsburgh's probably not going to score. Yeah. I mean, th- these bullpen battles, you, you would expect no runs, uh, but Bastardo already already coughed it up, man. Come on, what what what's, what even gives with that? Uh, Ruby De La Rosa is pitching tonight, and surprise, he has four walks. That's weird. What? what? <laughs> You know, he, but he's he was, winning. He's got TWTW. He does have TWTW for sure. He does have the will to win. Uh, that that is evident. However, um, this lineup and it, it's still going. You know, and he hasn't given up any runs, so I shouldn't be complaining that much. But four walks. Come on, what are you walking Ichiro, Martin Prado, Derek Dietrich, and JT Real Muto for? At least if you're going to have four walks, could you have two to Yelich and two to Justin Bohr, who coincidentally are the only two guys with hits and they're lefties? You just can't. Any team that has dangerous lefties, you can't trust Ruby De La Rosa if they have like legitimately dangerous lefties. I don't know that Yelich and Bohr are on the level where I'm running from a pitcher altogether, but uh, I'm trying to think of a team that has like a couple lefties that I'd be just saying no. You know, even like Prince Fielder and Mitch Moreland, I guess interleague. We'll see if Arizona plays, but that would be enough for me to just sit uh, Ruby De La Rosa. He's so bad against lefties, Jason. It's so bad. And you would think with a guy that for all the talk about his changeup and everything, right. that this wouldn't be a problem. I mean, the, the changeup that Pedro taught him and everything. No, for a guy that supposedly, with all the changeup talk, this is extremely disappointing. 
Yes, because he's absolutely abysmal against lefties. He should almost be a Ruggie right now, but of course, they don't want to stunt Ruby Del Rosa's development. So I, I get it. I, I understand why they keep running him out there. That actually is the right thing. But oh my God, make some progress. Jason, you need to be sitting down for this news. This is going to come as a huge shock to you, and I hope that you can deal with it. If you can, I'll send medical attention. But Ian Kennedy just allowed a home run. I don't know. No. Dude, you're going to have to believe me. I know it's a rare event. It's like Haley's comment. I was the only one to see it. Ian Kennedy allowed a home run to Gregor Blanco. Dude, what pitches are you throwing that are such large meatballs that Gregor Blanco is bombing you out? I don't understand. <laughs> hanging, hanging split change. I guess. I yeah, that seems to be the, the, the main one. Man, Kennedy frustrates me because I don't think he's a terrible pitcher. I really don't. I mean, even in this game, two and a third – uh, two hits, the the home run, zero walks, three strikeouts. Like he shows you all those pieces, but the home runs are always there, and they're just the most dangerous thing. It's so annoying, especially because we traded for him. I thought that was a pretty good trade, though. We traded Brett Cecil, who doesn't do anything. Sorry, Todd. Yeah, it we works out. That worked out well. But definitely. I mean, Ian Kennedy, he could be on the move again. If he gets traded out of there, I mean, that's the crazy part, though, is he's actually been absolutely abysmal at Petco. He's That's given up 21 home runs this year in fewer than 90 innings pitched. Sick life, Ian Kennedy. He's given up. He had 20 and 84 and a third coming in tonight. Uh, Jason, how come no one's talking about Troy Tulowitzki? Do you feel, I, I feel like his season's kind of going underreported, and he's finally playing. I mean, I know he's not been otherworldly, like 1035 OPS like he was last year. But he's been amazing, and he's been playing. He's been staying healthy. He just hit his 12th home run tonight. How come no one's talking about Troy Tulowitzki? Because he only has 12 homers, and because Jeez, his OPS is down crowd. 100. His, his slugging percentage is down 100 points. His OPS is down 150. Uh, I, everybody's talking about trade rumors. year last year, though. Come on. He can't be expected to be a 171 OPS plus permanently. He should be traded, but the Rockies will still find an excuse. No, we need to build around Their him. franchise, yeah. He's the a 30-year-old middle infielder. Yeah. Trade no, they, him. They should trade him so hard. I totally agree. He's healthy. He's playing. He's playing well. You know, it's not at the peak level, but it's at a great level. There's no way that you could deny that Troy Tulowitzki's been great this year. Um, they 100% should trade him, and they 100% will not. Uh, that's just kind of the way it goes. Anyway, we got to start wrapping this sucker up. This this wonderful Monday edition or Tuesday edition coming out, uh, being recorded on a Monday that was supposed to be the Sunday. Any final thoughts? Any players you want to you want to wrap up with? Albert Pujols hit his 28th home run. He's just great. We don't really need to say anything there. Anybody you want to talk about? No, Saladino was the one I wanted to talk about. There was there was another player that I had made a mental note of last night, and I forgot who it was. Well, we so I apologize it. for that. No, we can cover it next Sunday. That will be fine. I feel like we've we've run uh, run over some great players here in terms of you know we've run the gamut from high level players to low. Tower Saladino is not a every format player. Uh, but but we get we did an in depth coverage of Tyler Saladino. His parents are going to love hearing that, Jason. Yes, so. we're going we're going deep for you all, oh, just for you all. I, I think my my other point was to him, but we covered. It. I remember thinking was, you know, if you're going down to the minor leagues trying to find counting stats, you know, don't be picky. Tyler Saladino. Oh yeah, yeah. That's really because I was looking for guys home runs and steals or you know that kind of thing. It just 
just nobody's jumping off the page. There's like, oh, hey, let me see that. You know, uh, we, we mentioned Aaron Nola's going to make his debut against the Rays tomorrow. He's going to throw a nine-inning perfect game and strike out 16 <laughs> guys. So pick him up. Um, do, you, do you ever uh, do you ever troll, like, the AAA leaderboards just to maybe try to get some names? Because I will cop to, to doing that sometimes. All the time. That's, that's really where that's really where I had to go back and, and, and pick up to make sure it wasn't just bias uh, with uh, with Saladino after watching him play down at AAA. But like, oh, okay, he is running. I'm going to go ahead and pick him up. But, yeah, I absolutely troll uh, for for stuff. I don't troll for guys closing games down there. But no, I do no, troll no, no, for no. guys. I do troll for dudes striking out to see how they're doing yep. and those kind of things. Yeah, and then just peer, ball, peer homers and things like that. Uh, on that, I'll, we'll wrap up here. Uh, but one name, and he was in the, the Futures game. And, obviously, um, I don't think we, we never got a chance to really talk about the Futures game. I still haven't but, watched it. Well, then you'll watch it. I have a GVR, though. Yeah, I still do, too, and I'll rewatch it, and then we'll, we'll make an episode of it down the line when people are like, well, what are they going to talk about? Boom, Futures game in the winter. We'll recover it. Richie Schaefer, what's the deal oh, with yeah. him? He made the Futures game, and, he, and he's got – he, he, he was a name that I found while trolling, by the way, because uh, of the home runs. He's got like a 640 slug. What's up? With I this saw guy? a note in the, in the local in the Sunday column from one of the beat writers saying he heard from a couple of scouts that wonder how he's going to hit the uh, how he's going to handle the breaking ball at the major league level. Okay, so you one know, of the, one take of those that things. for what you're worth. I haven't spoken to any scouts, uh, but you know, this year he, he's been in AAA and he's got uh, 22 extra base hits. Durham is a bit of a favorable hitters park, but still, um, he's, he's made some changes to his swing and, and he's definitely hitting with power. And he was a guy. He's a guy that I would like to see the team call up and give him a chance to play. They're in sore need of power, and yes. if he's gonna, even if he, even if he struggles with the breaking ball, you know, you gave Joey Butler all these plate appearances. Exactly. You know, let let somebody else uh, struggle. And plus, Richie Schaefer went to high school just down the street from my house. Uh, so, I mean, his, he went to high school like four miles from my house. So it would be a, a nice, cool local story uh, for him to do that. But I, I would like to see him at least come up. And, you know, they have been giving him some playing time at first base of late. Okay. So he's played third base, first base. Uh, you know, maybe part of the issue with – I do expect this team to fall out of it, and I would like to see Richie Schaefer get a lot of playing time in September. Well, so that's another one for you for you deep leaguers. I understand. I'm sitting on him. He's been on my Tout Wars team. I picked him up, and I sat on him. Uh, I had to play him for a week, but I'm sitting on him hoping for a, a, a late, you know, five to seven home runs over yeah. the final six weeks of the season kind of thing. I scooped him in a, in a, in an AL only as well. And I was thinking about doing it in a mix and I wanted to hear what you had to say. So that will convince me to do it. And we'll wrap up on Richie Schaefer. Jason, we will be back on a regular scheduled Sunday. I will not get trapped on a boat next week. Um, and, 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 Everything will be on schedule, but hopefully everyone was pretty cool with our our crazy schedule. But we'll talk. Yeah, I may about... be in Grand Rapids. I may be in Grand Rapids, Michigan next Sunday night, but uh, we'll record. We'll figure out where you are on the map, and we'll definitely record. Take care, Jason. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. See ya.